Welcome to Women Express. I am your host, Denise Harrington, and boy, do we have a treat today. I'm going to be speaking with Nancy Kaufman, who is the former CEO of the National Council of Jewish Women. And you're probably wondering why the National Council of Jewish Women has been making change happen since 1893. I would say that's a formidable force in advocating for women, children, and families. In essence, the National Council of Jewish Women is a grassroots organization of volunteers and advocates who turn progressive ideals into action. I like that. I like that whole idea about action. They're inspired, though, by Jewish values, and they strive for social justice by improving the quality of life for women, children, and families, and by safeguarding individuals' rights and freedom. Nancy's public service record spans over 30-plus years. She is a formidable source of inspiration, of education, and of wisdom. And I'm taking the wisdom piece just from my experience of knowing Nancy and just having dinner with her and interacting with her. It says a lot about the woman that we're about to share time with. Nancy has a distinguished career as a public servant. She's an advocate and nonprofit leader. And prior to serving as the National Council of Jewish Women, she has had an illustrious career. Nancy is a graduate of Brandeis University and received an MSW in community organization and social planning from Boston College School of Social Work. She also, and I love the way they put this, she had a mid-career master's degree (laughs) in public administration from the John F. Kennedy School of Government at Harvard University. She also, one of the most notable awards that I liked is that she was awarded the Woman of Valor Award in 2007 from the Jewish Funds for Justice. I would say she is a woman of valor. She has a voice that deserves to be heard here on this platform and across the world. And she has spoken up and spoken out for many people across the world. So I'd like to welcome my friend, Nancy Kaufman. Thank you, Denise. That was quite an introduction. My mother would have loved it. And I appreciate it uh, so much. And I am very honored to be on your podcast and to share a few minutes of some of my thoughts about the world, the world for women, and the world of National Council of Jewish Women. We had a very, very rich conversation, you and I, about the future, about the present, about how important it is to bring a strong voice to the table and to stand up. So you have a rich history as an advocate and a voice for Jewish women. What do you see now and what do you see for the future? Well, I wish I had better news. Uh, I am an optimist and I will always be an optimist, but uh, these are very, very difficult and challenging times for us as women, particularly for women of color and women of limited means who depend on government aid for their support. And we at the National Council of Jewish Women advocate on behalf of all women from all walks of life. And that job in the last couple of years 
since Trump was elected in 2016, has become formidable. All you have to do is turn on the evening news and you will see which rights and privileges and things that we have always counted on are being taken away. I think the most recent, the speed of taking away our rights to making a decision when and how and where and why we want to have a child, probably one of the most important decisions anyone can make. That decision no longer seems to be being left to women to decide. It's being left to others. And um, one state after another is taking away and stripping not only the rights of women to have an abortion and make that choice, but even to access uh, abortion services. And particularly if you're a woman who depends on support from the government, either through Medicaid or being in the military or any form of government uh, support, uh, you are not allowed to use those funds to access abortion if you can even access abortion, because now in states across the country, like Missouri, like Alabama, that ability to even even have an abortion is being taken away. It's amazing to me that there's been so much upheaval and change. And, you know, I was reading recently a social worker, Brene Brown, one of her quotes of every time we choose courage, we make everyone around us a little better and the world a little better but it's taking a lot of courage. And I've seen a lot of women that I'm around go into despair. And these are not the times to go into despair. And this is why I have you on today, because as I said earlier, the National Council of Jewish Women have been making change since 1893. That's a long time. And so there must be a blueprint or template that has carried that organization and from your perspective through a lot of courage. I'm glad you, you know, used the term despair and made that comment, Denise, because um, what I've said for the last two years is despair is not a strategy. In these times, we need strategies. And that's right. There isn't on the list of strategies that are going to get us anywhere. Look, we have had uh, times in our, in our country's history Uh, that have been challenging and difficult. I mean, we spent uh, uh, the first half of the last century not having the right to vote. Uh, In fact, we'll be coming up on the 100th anniversary of the right to vote, and National Council of Jewish Women was a leader in the suffrage movement. So, you know, the women who lived at the turn of the last century and until 1920 didn't even have the right to vote. So, you know, we have the right to vote. We were able to um, fight back the um, dismantling of affordable care, the Affordable Care Act, and the ability for women uh, to access uh, affordable and accessible care. And so that that fight we were able to win, and that's been a tough fight. But I think uh, we have to be vigilant right now, particularly in the areas that the National Council of Jewish Women is involved, places like the courts and the importance of a fair and independent judiciary, because you see what's happening is that the courts are going to be the final place that these decisions get made. So we were very involved in the uh, Supreme Court fight to stop Justice Kavanaugh from being uh, seated on the Supreme Court of the United States. Unfortunately, we did not succeed. And so that's extremely troubling because you're going to see going forward the kinds of decisions coming to the Supreme Court and being made by the Supreme Court that you know really will set us back for years in terms of the rights of women. Yes. And we have the ability to 
mobilize at the state level, which is what most organizations are really focusing on now and trying our hardest to to push back uh, and be proactive so that states can't do what Alabama recently did. But that means being vigilant and having the resources to organize, organize, organize. Yes. Because, you know, once something passes the state level, yes, it'll get challenged and it may even end up in the Supreme Court, but we know what's going to happen when it gets to the Supreme Court. So exactly, that's a exactly. huge, huge area. Administrative rules, pushing back on, on administrative rules that are really do not support women and vulnerable populations. So, you know, we're vigilant about that, providing comments uh, in, for those uh, rules. So National Council of Jewish Women is one of many, you know, organizations advocating for social and economic justice for women, children, and families. And they work in coalition with, you know, numbers of other organizations, the National Partnership for Women and Families and the National Women's Law Center and Planned Parenthood. And, uh, you know, it could go down the list. There are many, many organizations. Uh, National Council of Jewish Women is one of the few faith-based organizations, however, who's in that space and is doing it specifically because of Jewish values. Well, you know, you and I had a long conversation about what is it, what Jewish values really inspire this work? And you actually named them. And I I really appreciated you sharing what they are. What are these values? Mm -hmm. Well, there's several, uh, many Jewish values, but uh, the ones that the National Council of Jewish Women focuses most on is something called Kavod HaBriot, honoring the dignity of every person. Uh, because every person is made in the image of God, and we need to treat every person as if they are made in the image of God. Amen to that. But Selim Elohim, that is, you know, working to uh, for dig- dignity and humanity for all people. Uh, tzedek, Tzedek, Turdof, which is justice, justice shalt thou pursue. Uh, and we believe that very literally, that we pursue justice. Uh, we also, uh, one of the values in the Jewish world has always been education, and the importance of education called Talmud Torah and pursuing education and questioning uh, one of the you know, hallmarks of, of Jewish history and Jewish tradition and our, and our Jewish sages was always questioning. The Talmud is, is a document committed to questioning, giving, raising up uh, why this, why that, why do we do this? We question, we push back. We question our people in authority. We question our rabbis, we question our doctors, we question our elected officials. And so that is a, a tradition in Judaism, uh, in all parts of Judaism, in all denominations of Judaism. And so we have to ask the hard questions. Why? You know, why would we take a four-month-old away from their mother at the border and separate that child from their mother? Why? I mean, that question. is a question that people have to be asking. Yes, I think that's a great Great How idea. Do you justify removing a four-month-old, and that's just the latest one, right? But moving a four-month-old at the border from their mother. Who? I mean, what is that person going to? A four-month-old? So it's just cruelty. It's really just cruelty because there's no other answer to that question. Why you would remove take a four-month-old away from their mother? And you know, the whole idea of questioning, I think, goes right along with why I move this podcast into motion because having a voice, if you have a voice, questioning is an important piece to having a voice. You don't just sit there and take it because someone said that's the way it is. You have to ask and question and, and see how it applies to you. That's what rights mean, don't you think? 
Right, exactly. So I think what you're raising is why National Council of Jewish Women provides a vehicle for people to engage and respond at the local level. Uh, we are organizing, a National Council of Jewish Women is organizing Jewish women to engage and respond and take the power that they have, the power of the vote, quite frankly. That's probably yes. one of the most critical powers that each of us has as citizens of this country. And the idea that many people don't vote is just unfathomable. So we are organizing people to uh, register and promoting the vote. We're protecting the vote because that is what will make the difference, not 50 or 60 percent or 40 percent of the people, but all the people need to be exercising the most sacred right we have as Americans, which is the right to vote. And that's the foundation of democracy. We have to get out there and vote. I think the biggest thing for me is just knowing in the last election how few women actually voted. And I, again, I'm on my little high horse and my platform, but it is my platform. I'm just encouraging women to get out there and vote and make up your own mind. That's right. We don't have to follow tradition. It can be look at the issues and see, question the issues. I love that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And come up with a, an answer for yourself. Wouldn't you agree with that? I would agree. And, I, and it's, it's women. It's also young people. I mean, there's so many people who are just turning away from the uh, democratic system, small d, and saying it doesn't make a difference. But I'm not sure how anyone can say it doesn't make a difference. You see the difference it does make. And as you said, you know, not going to tell you how to vote, just going to tell you to vote. We're, uh, NCJW is a 501c3 organization. They do not take positions on candidates, but we, you know, lead the horse to water. And we say, just you know, listen, learn, read, and you decide. I mean, everyone has a right to decide. And then if, you know, a majority and, and a large majority of the populace decides on a candidate, then that's fine. And in this case, a majority of the population actually voted for a different candidate than who's president of the United States. That goes to the problem with our system that was, you know, created over 200 years ago and perhaps needs to be looked at. But (laughs) the fact of the matter is, if had everyone who was eligible to vote had voted, it would have been a very different result. And it would have been different, absolutely different. I think that nothing is more important right now than voting and organizing others to vote, friends, neighbors, colleagues, children, to exercise what's our right. It's free and it's our right. It's free and it's our right. From your perspective, I'd just like to go behind the mind of, of Nancy. I know that you have seen over time that women's power is growing. Where do you feel, is that true first, and where do you see our greatest opportunity? Uh, Yes, I do think the power of women is growing. I think it really was a momentous occasion when so many of us, hundreds of thousands of people came together for the march on Washington in January of 2017. And I think that was a, a moment in time when women realized, my God, if we only would come together, if we would only organize, look the difference we can make. And I, I think that is going to be the difference. Women are going to make the difference in the next election. There's many uh, people trying to organize different groups of women. Jews are a small proportion of the overall population. We're about 2% of the population in America, although people think we're much larger. But we have the power of our voices and we have the power of our vote because Jewish women vote in huge 
percentages. So that that's a, an important power to utilize. But our power is, is enhanced when we join with other groups, other faith-based groups, other advocacy groups, other groups who are like-minded around the issues. And that's what NCJW will be doing as we lead up to the 2020 election. Put, uh, NCJW has put a terrific emphasis and priority on civic engagement and organizing at the local level to really take action and make a difference in the world. So that's you know, what you're going to hear more and more from us and, uh, and from NCJW as we lead up to this election. Make a difference. I truly do. I think it's going to be the thing that you know, either wins or loses in terms of uh, what are the, what's at stake for us in our democracy. There's some great initiatives underway. The supermajority that uh, Cecile Richards from uh, Planned Parenthood has organized. I love that. Which is organizing women to take action. The Women's March continues to, to be another vehicle for engagement. There's Move On. There's, I mean, there's many different vehicles, some female-based uh, only and some, you know, intergenerational, intersectional, inter, you know, the, just pick it. It doesn't matter. <laughs> some people just have to choose, spin the wheel, and decide where you want to be engaged and engage. Do not sit idly by. That is what we are also taught in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Do not sit idly by. And when you see your neighbor being uh, oppressed, you must do something about it. And in our tradition, that includes the widow and the stranger. So it's not just about us as Jews. It's everybody. That's really incredible. I also know being African-American woman, they see African-American women as being a big piece of the puzzle for this next election coming up. So Absolutely. I would say joining hands with as many women as we can in as many organizations is true that we need to do that. I think we can make a difference as a woman-based organization, African-American women. What do you think are our greatest opportunities as women? I think one of the great opportunities of women is that we tend to see through the bullshit, excuse my French. I think we have the ability to read people very well. We're not easily swayed by rhetoric and just, you know, politicians who are just saying whatever they think they want you to hear. We're also, I think, incredibly good at bringing people together. That's one of our innate qualities that I guess works. And so, we do that very well. I think the fact, while I may not be happy that there are 23 Democratic candidates uh, running for president, think about it. Uh, Ten years ago, there wouldn't have been that number of women you know, running for president. The fact there are that many qualified, amazing women uh, says enormous amount about breaking the glass ceiling. And um, yes, you know, absolutely. You say what you want about Hillary Clinton, but she broke the glass ceiling. And as a result of breaking the glass ceiling, it shattered. And there are more and more women at not only the national level, but at the state and local level who are, who are running for office. When I started my career in local and state government in Massachusetts back in the 80s, I will tell you, there weren't a lot of women in the state legislature in Massachusetts. You could count them on one hand. And now the Senate president's a woman, the, you know, there are women and all the major positions, chair of ways and means committee, they, didn't, they weren't there. So, you know, times have, they are changing and they really have changed. And I think as women, we have the power to really engage and, and respond at this critical time. We really, really do. Going back to the idea of despair, there's no time. And there are enough women out there that are holding up their stick 
so that you can see the way. So this is the time to really jump out there and get involved, to have a voice. This is the time to do that. So if we were to look at the direction, what would you say is, and I almost kind of know this answer, what should we take to strengthen our voices and be more influential on all kinds of platforms? Because you've, you've actually, you've spoken and, and been influential around the world. So you have a world perspective that I'd like for you to share with people too. Well, I think first and foremost, our voices need to be raised and be heard. And so we need to demand a spot on platforms. We, we have a huge group now, including male uh, men as allies, who will not speak on any panel that there isn't a woman on that panel Nice in the Jewish community. So number one, we should be lifting our voices and being uh, speaking and being heard. You know, we are the ones who give birth to children and nurture the next generation, not to minimize the role of men in that process too, but let's face it, uh, we are the ones who, who do that and, and bringing up a next generation. So, you know, if we're going to invest in, in having children, then we damn well better invest in making sure that the world that we are leaving them is better than the one we found. And right now, I'm not entirely sure. I feel confident that my grandchildren are going to inherit a world that's better than when I was growing up, particularly when you look at the environment, you look at, you know, healthcare, you look at, you know, the rights of immigrants. You know, we all came here, our families, many of us came here as, as immigrants, not everyone. But we came, many of us, to escape religious persecution, to, to escape poverty, to escape uh, abuse in this country didn't always open its arms, as we know from the Jewish experience during the uh, Holocaust. You know, six million of our people might not have perished if this country had opened its arms. So we feel totally responsible for making sure that we don't do to others what was done to us. And when you look at the people coming, asking for legally requesting asylum legally. You know, it's something that our country uh, has uh, laws about. And then being told, no, 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 you can't, because we don't think it's bad enough that you were attacked by gangs in Honduras or Guatemala, because we know better than you. And you're uh, the only reason people are coming is for a better life for their children. So really, yeah. Yeah. I think people need to really spend some time thinking about how we all got here and what are we doing to make sure others are able to follow the same route. Yeah, I think it's it's one of the things that we can say for certain. It's these might be dark times, but if we don't stand up and use our voice, there'll never be any light times. We've got to use the light. Right. And there's many, many different ways people can do that. I mean, not everyone wants to speak it on, a, on the you know platform, but they can take action online and they can make their voices heard to their elected officials and they can... They can sign a petition and, you know, they can vote. I mean, there are many ways. Not everyone has to be, you know, someone who's giving speeches from a, a platform. They, they really, there's plenty of opportunity. We still do have a democracy, although it seems to be uh, moving in the wrong dire- direction quickly. But as long as we have a democracy and we have the right, unlike in China and other places in the world where you don't have the right to speak out, it seems to me we better cherish that uh, right and uh, take it to heart and use it and speak out when there is wrong in our midst that we just can't tolerate. And I think now is the time to be doing that. And I'd like to hear more voices 
particularly the voices of women being lifted up and, and speaking out for what's right and what needs to happen. I love that. I love that, Nancy. And so I know, Nancy, let me just say to my listeners, Nancy is a very, very strong and powerful woman. To move things in the direction that she's moved them in says a lot about why she's just not bullshitting you, as she said, with her recommendations and her inspiration. These are times where heroes and sheroes are made. And so stand up. It's time for you to stand up and speak out in a platform that feels, I wouldn't say comfortable for you, but challenges you to really find and use your voice. Well, I want to thank you so much, Nancy. I didn't say that earlier I was actually introduced to Nancy by one of my powerhouse friends, and she said that Nancy was a powerhouse, so now I have another powerhouse friend. (laughs) And, And that's the way you do it. You just keep connecting. You keep connecting. You keep loving. You keep extending. You keep expanding. And I want to thank you for bringing not only that, that experience that you had and the things that you've seen to the table. But in closing, I'd like to ask you if you could have a wish for women who are listening, what would your wish be? My wish for women who are listening would be to pay attention, take a look at what is what you can live with and what you can't, what you agree with and what you don't, what you would want for your children and your grandchildren. And don't, just sit by and say, there's nothing I can do because we live in a country where you can take action, you can make a difference and you need to do that. And you need to celebrate the fact that we have a democracy and not assume that it'll always be there unless it's nurtured. Well, thank you so much, Nancy. It's been a pleasure. I'm looking forward to doing some more fun things with you as time goes on. I know that you will somehow rope me in and I'll be happily roped. (laughs) So ladies out there, doesn't get any better than this. We're encouraging you to get up and express. Find your voice if you don't feel you have it, because I'm sure you do. Women love to talk. So channel that that talking in a way that can really make a difference. We need your voices now. Coming up, what I'd like for you to do is if you love what you heard today or at any point in time when we've been on the air with you, subscribe. That'll tell you when the next big talk is coming. Remember, we also keep in mind that these are women who are we call everyday Oprahs, women that you may not have access in day-to-day life, but here they are because they're day-to-day people making a difference. So subscribe, turn a friend on to Women Express. We want this to become a movement. We want this opportunity for us to bond together, which is what women do well, gather together and talk, talk strategic conversations. So please subscribe. And again, I want to thank, thank, thank Nancy for being here and being a part of our day. Thanks so much, Nancy. Thank you, uh, Denise. It's a pleasure. Well, that was a wonderful interview with Nancy Kaufman. What I want to encourage you all to do one more time is just subscribe to womenexpresspodcast.com is where you can reach us. But Go on to any of your podcast platforms, the one you're listening to now, and just subscribe. Give yourself an opportunity to tap into this wisdom and knowledge going forward. So thank you again. It's always a joy. 
I wish I could see each and every one of you, but for now, come on, women, let's express. We had a great time today. What I'd like to ask you to do is to rate us, give us good ones, review and subscribe. And if you love the time you spent with us and loved our speakers, our interviewees, then share this with your friends. Let's collectively women express. Thank you for being with me. Bye for now.